Hello, Blackhawks fans, and welcome into the Four Feathers Post Game Show. I'm Johnny Nani. I've got Ron Loose with me tonight, and we're talking about a pair of Hawks winners. That's right. I uh, couldn't get a, to a post game show after Saturday night, so we'll touch on that. 3 2 overtime winner, and we've got another 3 2 overtime winner to discuss tonight, too. Um, it feels good, man. I'll uh, be talking about these in the W column. Uh, good, good to be back on with you, Ron. Always a pleasure, Johnny. And yeah, kind of a tale of two games, even though they're both 3 2 overtime winners. Um, you know, the Hawks dominating play uh, in that game on Saturday. And then tonight, <clears throat> not so much uh, the the same kind of narrative. So uh, excited to talk about it. But nonetheless, like you said, we got two two game winners and um, it's always nice when the Hawks win. Yeah, uh, tale of two games. It's weird that they both ended in the same result here, but yeah, uh, vastly different um, because, you know, uh, last time we talked was after um, a loss, a 6-5 loss against Columbus, and that was you, me, and Tony on, uh, and we kind of dove into all of that in the opener of that series, and we said, okay, we're expecting adjustments. We're feeling oddly confident about this, like, bounce back, and we were right. We were right in feeling mm-hmm. that, Ron. I love the adjustments that they made from Thursday night to Saturday night. Um, and, and there were, you know, uh, some highlights in this one. We're not going to go and run it down like we would, uh, you know, uh, just after a game. Um, but some of the highlights in there, um, you know, pa- Patrick Line is dirty snipe early. And then him and uh, Hagel dropped the gloves. How fucking cool is that? And especially when Hagel got the, you know, the last laugh uh, in the with the KO punch. I was going to say, Brandon Hagel is is very quickly becoming one of my favorite players on this roster because of things like that. Like he's he showed off some of that kind of scoring prowess tonight. And and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But, you know, and then he's just this balls of the walls player. And I love guys like that. I love John Madden, his one year with the with the Hawks. Uh, I love guys like obligatory mention of Brandon Saad. Um, Andrew Shaw, like those guys in Chicago, especially just become very quickly loved. Um, so really, really nice to see Brandon Hagel doing it all, man. He he's that if he stays around with the Hawks long enough, uh, in the course of his career, we're going to be calling him the Gordie Howe hat trick machine, because that's really what he seems like he could become. I would agree with you 100. percent I mean that that is uh, very up up the alley of what his game is just all about. So um, it's exciting to see. He's just always uh, they they were mentioning it. You know you see it all the time on the broadcast if you're just watching yourself. But everyone seems to say it, it looks like he shot out of a cannon. Uh, just mm-hmm. great acceleration, great jump. So um, and Kubalik just in his post game interview tonight talking about you know. I knew he was a good skater. I know he was that good of a skater. Um, and I think it's very impressive, uh, you know, and I'm loving to see this um, because, you know, we didn't really know that exactly what we were going to get from him. So uh, him being Absolutely. noticeable every game is huge. Uh, on Saturday night, Nick Bodine uh, scores again. Slick Nick. I love it. I, I love when we can uh, go and up this again and also just getting um, production for more young guys and production from the defense, uh, like our colleague uh, Blackhawks, Austin D uh, zone. Uh, you know, he, he kind of uh, commented on that in a recent article. So uh, Slick Nick, getting it done again um and uh you know you, you get uh carl soderberg getting on the score sheet there, taking advantage of some columbus turnovers that ties that thing late on saturday night and mm-hmm. w- talk just get, r- walk me through uh some of the overtime uh th- that play because that was an unbelievable uh finish by alex to to win this thing that play was crazy i mean I, I was watching the game with a few friends and we all absolutely lost our shit when that puck went in the back of the net because i mean talk about Literally, I, I looked at all my buddies and I said, I said, Debrinkit is proving that he is worth the contract. Like he is on that revenge tour this year that we discussed, you know, way back before the season even ever started. And yeah, I mean, what a play. I mean, 
just a trademark Patrick Kane saucer pass that makes it through. And then Kat's able to smack it out of midair as it's like up in the air. And it's just, it was literally like a hand eye coordination clinic between the two of them for that game winner on, on Saturday night. Really nice too, that they were able to come back because obviously, like we said, they really dominated play um, against Columbus, even though Columbus hung around for as long as they did. I mean, the Hawks about even in hits, you know, and even in shots, but like the Hawks were 65% the dot on Saturday night. So like they just dominated possession and um, it was nice seeing them get that win. But yeah, man, that I can watch that goal on just a repeat for hours. The the hand-eye coordination is just, it's bonkers. When you like, you talk about, you know, baseball players have to have great hand-eye coordination because, you know, hitting moving object with a moving object very hard. Well, that's essentially what Debrinket's doing because first of all, he, tap it up to himself and then he has to have the wherewithal to be able to direct it where he wants and not right into the goaltender. And he was obviously able to do that, uh, secure a Hawks winner. So, I mean, yeah, impressive overall. Um, I mean, obviously that's the highlight real play. That's what will get shown on, uh, you know, uh, it'll be on a play of the week segment on NHL network, yada, yada, all of that. But, uh, overall from that game, if we're talking uh, bigger takeaways from Saturday night, just the adjustments that, that we've talked about that they can make. And I think it's credit to both Jeremy Collin and these young guys buying into it. You're, I'm going to sound like a broken record come year's end. So let's move on. That was Saturday night. Um, I'm glad we got you up to speed on that one. Sorry we couldn't bring you a post-game show. Uh, we were both, uh, everyone on the podcast, uh, out and about enjoying it. So, Ron, like you were with some buddies. I was some buddies, too. It was good. I was actually in a, a restaurant up in Chicago. So it was good to see some mm-hmm. excitement. A uh, whole place is going nuts for it. So uh, fun to, you know, feel a, l- a little bit more normal. Um, it was Bird's Nest up in uh, Lakeview. Um, mm-hmm. little, you know, Blackhawks Bar. They were fe- actually featured. One of the places featured in those uh, anthem cheering videos that they've had. So um, Bird's, let's move Bird's into the Nest setup. Is a good spot. Yeah. Wing, <laughs> wing, wings were delicious. Can't confirm that. And, uh, you know, the beer was tasty. And uh, Hawks winner was tasty as well. So I uh, love to see that all around. Um Setting up for tonight's game uh, it was, you know, another 3-2 overtime winner. But like you said, uh, tail of two games here because uh, I don't think they deserved a uh, point in this one. We'll get to that. The setup for this one, though, Carpenter came back from the COVID list over the weekend. Not back in the lineup yet. Uh, still working back like some of these other guys are having to do. Um, Lucas Walmark returning to the lineup, our guy. Um, replacing Matthew Highmore, so I think we'd both be happy about that, even though he didn't factor into anything tonight. Um, Reese Johnson stayed in the lineup, and Subban uh, got the start tonight and uh, kept him in it for a lot of stretches in this game. So uh, my, my biggest takeaway as we're going initial thoughts is just slow start in all three periods. Lethargic, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, early on, they just were just badly outplayed. I don't know if it was a case of jet lag or maybe, you know, missing that home cooking or whatever it was or riding high from Saturday night, but they did not show up to play early in this one. They looked really, really tough. But credit to Malcolm Subban for really keeping him in this thing. I mean, he looked really good tonight. Um, obviously gave up the two goals, but, you know, 27 saves and 29 shots, it's still good for a 931 save percentage. So um, I think really, I think the entire team should be, you know, given given Malcolm Subban an extra little pat on the, on the pads tonight um, just because he really kind of kept them in this thing early when they were still trying to find their legs. Yep, yeah, and just speaking to that, uh, 13-6 Detroit shot advantage after period one uh, in this one. But it was actually, despite uh, having you know getting slow out of the gate, um, 
it was the Blackhawks scoring the first two in this one. If we're talking scoring here, um, it's Soderberg. Uh, he, he gets a puck on a cycle, uh, comes around the net and shields it very nicely, um, turns and passes. Yanmark buries it. Ron, I think this is, you know, Soderberg had said it took him five, six games to settle in after he came back uh, from his visa issues and finally was able to get into the mix. Um, it's a nice veteran presence to have here. I know Yanmark is the scorer of that, but uh, the setup, you can credit all to Soderberg. Yeah, and, and like you said, just that veteran presence, I mean, I think a guy like Soderberg is just really nice to have, especially in a season that you're without Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves. You know, he gives you that center depth. He's going to play, you know, middle six majority of the time. He can play the power play if you absolutely need to. He can kill penalties. Just a really good all-around player for a pretty inexpensive contract. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, talking to the first goal, He's able to get the puck over to Janmark. Janmark's able to pot his sixth of the season. I joked with my dad after that goal that uh, the JC Trust Circle uh, was in full effect tonight. Yes, 100%. We talked about it on the show before. It won't be the last time we bring it up either. Um, so Zadorov and uh, Soderberg, like I mentioned, assists on that first goal. Um, as we go on to the second one, um, this was all Brandon Hagel on the setup. Um, he makes a steal in the neutral zone, passes to himself, outworks John Merrill along the boards mm-hmm. there. Um, he puts it just out to the front. Kubelik's in the right spot. All he's got to do, keep the stick on the ice. Boom, 2-0 Hawks. Hagel uh, with the assist on that one, the lone one. Talk about that play a little bit. Yeah, Brandon Hagel, uh, again, shot out of a cannon. And he was. I mean, great play by him. You know, as you mentioned, the steal. Uh, beats Merrill. Was able to dip the shoulder. Really kind of use that power move. Um, and, and dish the puck over to, to Kubelik, like you said, who just had to keep it on the ice. Uh, there's stick on the ice, excuse me you know, and get an easy tap in. Brandon Hagel just, again, continuing to show the the level of skill this guy has. He was a he's a big-time scorer in his WHL career. I think in his last season in the WHL, granted he was an overager, but he I think he was like top five in that league in scoring that year. I mean, he was up there. So um, clearly he has a scoring ability, and he's willing to – he's really bought into that role of kind of being that energy player on top of it. So really happy to see that out of Brandon Hagel tonight. Obviously, that was a really pretty marker. Um, also nice seeing Kubalik get back in the goal column. I know we've talked at length about him you know, racking up those assists, Johnny, but it's nice to see him pot um, that, that first one in the first period. Well put on Hagel, and uh, wouldn't be the, it won't be the last time uh, we talk about Kubalik on the show. So I look forward to that. About 15 seconds left in the period. Um, it was kind of a pass that came uh, towards the front of the net, and Nemeth uh, goes off his skate into Subban's pads, and uh, there's just no one there. And uh, it's a bounce that comes out wide. So, um, you know, uh, Detroit's able to get one back, two to one, going into uh, the first intermission. But um, that that one, I you know, first bad as the Hawks played, sure. So yes, Detroit probably deserved to score one multiple probably more uh, in, in that first period. Um, but the, like you said, that's a credit to Subban. And then uh, on this goal itself, you can't, I can't really go and sit there and be like, okay, well, someone missed their assignment here. It's just bad puck lock. I mean, that, that's all it comes down to. Um, as we move on to the second period, uh, this is where things got a little bit better for the Hawks. It, it was once again, another slow start. They started slow in every period tonight, um, but they did uh, get, get some legs and they eventually had, um, you know, a, a shot lead uh, in, in this period. Um, the only period that they did uh, tonight. Um, but, you know, the uh, only, only kind of comment that I have here is that power plays uh, for the Blackhawks. It's weird to say that, you know, it's like, we're kind of, uh, it's, 
weird when they don't go uh, mm-hmm. in score one, but they, they were 0 for 3 tonight. Um, you know, one of those came earlier in the first and then uh, the one towards the end here with the Fabry uh, kind of uh, delay game penalty. Um, overall, I felt a little bit better going into the second intermission because towards the end, they were able to string some shifts together and you see um, that, that Soderberg line, that, that third line kind of newly, you know, I know they're kind of shuffling a little bit, but uh, overall, I, I thought I was fairly impressed uh, with them and their ability to at least generate some uh, Kurashev, Soderberg and Yanmark and Yanmark had a great between the legs, nifty pass uh, just didn't work out uh, a little bit before that uh, penalty was called. But um, other than that, nothing going on in the second period. So uh, we, we carried over to the third and um, it would be juice juice for the uh, Red Wings, tying it up uh, at the 549 marker of this one. He comes in from the point and just walks to Brinkett, and that's, you know, it's tough play. Uh, yeah, sure, Debrinkett gets burned here, so I guess that's one you can turn to, but uh, that's a nice move by a defenseman coming downhill uh, and just burying one top shelf. No chance for Malcolm Subban there. Yeah, I agree, and and ironically, I was talking to um, you know Four Feathers panelist and and good friend of ours, Mr. Tony Marchese, when that goal happened, um, and he and I did this on Saturday night too, Johnny, and I think it's worth mentioning uh, Hawks being either tied or down in the third period or heading into the third period, putting a live bet on said Blackhawks. Um, we did that both nights. We won money both nights, and I think it's worth mentioning that. You know, Tony, Tony kind of led that charge. But, uh, you know, going back to the play, though, like you said, I mean, just a really nice play by Jews there. It, it's tough to see out of a guy like to bring it. But I mean, it's going to happen. It, it just it, it's the name of the game. And uh, when he's coming downhill, like you said, with a full head of steam, it just there's only so much you can do. Um, so really tough, I think, for the Hawks, especially because, you know, it really felt like, oh, crap, Detroit's going to get some of that momentum now. Um, but. You know, credit to the Hawks. They they seem to mm-hmm. to hang on pretty well and and keep things moving throughout the rest of that third period. We talk about weathering the storm a lot here, and the Blackhawks had to do that. Uh, shots were nine to three, Detroit in the third. So you're only putting up three. Yikes! Obviously, that means you're playing in your own zone a bunch. And uh, there was a specific chance um, that Mantha got in uh, behind Kelvin DeHaan. But, um, you know, sure, he gets beat on on the foot speed aspect of that, but he makes the recovery and gets his stick in there uh, to just put enough pressure on it uh, to where that chance can't go in. So, I mean, any chance we have, shout out Calvin DeHaan here, we'll do it. Um, And, you know, uh, Steve Conroy mentioned it uh, for the little bit of the um, NBC Sports Chicago postgame show. You know, it doesn't factor in on the stat sheet tonight, but um, just a solid defensive game from him. There were a couple other times uh, where he's helping alleviate pressure, uh, whether that be skating it out or making uh, the right pass. So, um, you know, any chance we have, uh, shout out Calvin DeHaan, we will. Um, so that, that, uh, you know, credit to Subban once again in this period, uh, standing tall, the outside of the one shot that was kind of uh, impossible for him to even save. Um, like I mentioned, nine, three shots in favor of Detroit there, but, uh, Blackhawks get it, uh, would have gotten a point regardless. Um, and we go into overtime and it's, uh, <laughs> you know, Detroit had multiple opportunities. Um, and I know Patrick Kane had himself one on the doorstep too. That was, you know, just there, j- just misses. Um, and Suter ripped one off a post, but Detroit had like a three and one 
uh, they're not able to uh, convert on theirs. And uh, as we're getting down um, uh, almost, I think it was 18 seconds left uh, in overtime, uh, Kubalik uh, drives in two on one with Suter. Suter had it originally, uh, feeds it over to Kubalik. And instead of, you know, setting up for like a one timer as he's coming in on a rush, uh, he settles it down a little bit and then is able to go low uh, and beat Grice. And uh, the Hawks take this thing three to two. Probably don't deserve it, but hey, win and ugly, it's still a win. That's what matters at the end of the day, Ron. Yeah, and I think to to kind of back that point of winning ugly, you know, this is a rebuilding Blackhawks team in, a, in an essence, right? But it's because there's so much youth on the way. We talk about guys like Brandon Hagel. We talk about guys like Philip Kurashev. Uh, even guys like Kubalik and, and Dabrinkit to an extent. Yeah, they're a little more experienced youth, but they're still youth. And then on the back end, especially with guys like Carlson, Mitchell, and Bodine all playing tonight, um, and obviously guys like Boakfist, and um, I'm sure we'll see Wyatt Kalyanuk at some point too. A lot of youth on that blue line as well, and in goal, right? Kevin Lankin and Malcolm Subban. A game like tonight, a rebuilding team that's not going in the right direction doesn't win. I'm sorry, that's just what it is. Like it, to me, it, to me, this Blackhawks team, even last year, probably loses this game. It really does feel like these guys have bought into Jeremy Collinson's system, bought into the message that he is portraying and saying, hey, we're going to play hard. We're going to be a bitch to play against. We're going to run this system well. And at the end of the day, we're going to get scrappy wins. You know, it might be a tough season on, you know, paper because of what the roster looks like, this, that and the other. But, you know, if they continue to play like this and buy in and guys like Doc and Taves return and these young guys get better – and they add between the draft as well as, you know, probably free agency a little bit. This Blackhawks rebuild could go a lot faster than a lot of people anticipated. And tonight, just from a character culture standpoint, was a huge statement that they were able to win this thing ugly the way they did. About four maybe five post game shows ago, Ron, you and I talked about when we finally got up and you know over that, you know, win column finally, um, jumping over the loss column yeah. outright. Six one and one over their last eight. Who'd have thunk it? I, I wouldn't have. That that's that's awesome to see because that you know just further jumps this thing up, makes it look even better. Uh, eight five and four now overall. Um, you know it's uh, man, it's exciting to say the least, and unexpected. Um, I, I would say, but you, you made some great points there about a team uh, going in the right direction. I really like uh, that kind of takeaway uh, that you had. So um, if you have, you have any others, uh, go ahead, air those out, and then we'll get to our cool and tough player of the game and look at what's on tap next. Yeah, I think uh, just a couple quick little kind of tidbits. Um, again, really love Brandon Hagel, uh, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players, I think, on this team just because of the style he plays. Great seeing Kubalik back in the goal column with the two markers that he had tonight. Um, awesome seeing uh, Bodan pick up another point. Love the defensive minutes, how they were spread out. Mitchell plays 20 minutes tonight. Bodan plays 19. Dahan plays 19 and a half. Zadaroff plays just over 20 and a half. Um, and Duncan Keith is the Iron Man playing 23 in about a half minutes with Carlson kind of being the odd man, not only playing 15 and a half, but love seeing that balance. Um, and just worth mentioning, Johnny, um, only because they have played more games, but I would like to make it known that the Blackhawks currently sit fourth in the Discover Central Division. Um, they are technically tied for second, though, in points with Florida and Carolina, but those two teams have played four less games. And they're only one point back at Tampa, who has played three less games. So um, who would have thunk it? 
that this Blackhawks yeah. team would be this competitive and this exciting yeah. this early in the season. You talk about games in hand there. Even with those, I wouldn't have expected them to be above any of those teams. Oh, no, not at all. I, I mean, the fact that they're above got teams like Nashville and Dallas right now is is appealing. I expected Columbus to struggle, and they have, but Columbus is actually playing better than those two that I just mentioned as well. And obviously, we expected Detroit to be toward the bottom, but we also expected the Hawks to be toward that bottom three teams. Instead, they're in that top four teams right now, which I think is crazy to say. Um, and they <laughs> can't believe I'm about to say this, but they have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. As yeah, crazy where, as that is. Where it stands right now, I mean, hey, there's still there's still a lot of hockey to be played. But for the most part, everything's been fairly competitive. There, there hasn't been really blowout losses since uh, the you know very first four games of the year. So that's yeah. encouraging. Uh, encouraging all around there. Um, that's uh, kind of about all I have observations-wise. Um, the cool and tough player of the game, it's easy to go to seemingly every game. But, man, Brandon Hagel, just just the motor, the work ethic, and uh, the setup on that second goal. Uh, just That's where I'm going. I don't know if you had any uh, honorable mentions or if you're going to differ with me on it. Um, I am actually going to concur with you. Brandon Hagel is my cool and tough player because, once again, he is just tugging on my heartstrings as one of becoming one of my favorite players on this team. Dare I say he could be a Brandon Saad-esque player. Of course, I had to slip that in there. But (laughs) um, I think an honorable mention, though, tonight is a guy that we can agree on as being kind of the 1A, and I think that's Calvin DeHaan. Uh, We mentioned him earlier Mm -hmm. in the show. Played really good defense tonight. Sure, he played only, what, the fourth most minutes of all Blackhawks defensemen tonight, but that's okay. Um, you know, he, he comes in, he kills penalties, obviously played second most shorthanded time for defensemen tonight. Um, you know, he's not going to show up on the stat sheet all the time, but his presence is definitely felt on that Blackhawks blue line, especially while they're shorthanded right now without veterans like Connor Murphy and Brent Seabrook. Indeed. And I think uh, 1B then uh, would be uh, Nikita Zadorov. I mean, our guy mm-hmm. Blackhawks D-Zone likes to, uh, you know, po- point out the overall numbers because it's easy to get in a vacuum with him and just look at some of the bad, uh, you know, visual stuff that goes on with, yeah. with some of his blunders. Um, but, hey, you're talking about a guy that plays uh, the most of any defenseman uh, on the kill tonight. Um, and he was one of two defensemen to factor into scoring. Uh, Bodine did pick up an assist uh, on the overtime game winner along with Pia Suter. Uh, but for defensemen, it was uh, Zadorov uh, had a secondary assist too um, early on. So, hey, uh, give a, just a little uh, tip of the cap there. Uh, I think Brandon Hagel, uh, ju- just for the uh, combination of, you know, leading to points, that, that's one too. A little bit easier for forwards to jump in on those. Um, but then, uh, his uh, just work ethic, his drive, and uh, the the way that that second goal uh, developed, Blackhawks probably shouldn't have even had a chance there uh, to score. Probably should have just been a dump in for anybody else, but not Brandon Hagel. Love to see it. So um, let's move into uh, what's on tap next. It'll be these same Red Wings uh, Wednesday night hockey national broadcast, uh, NBC Sports Network, uh, not NBC Sports Chicago. So unfortunately, no Mr. Foley, but Eddie O will be on there. Uh, Mike Tirico, I believe, Brian Boucher uh, will be on that call. Uh, 6.30 p.m. Central Time start uh, in Chicago. So um, I mentioned the Blackhawks record earlier at eight five and four wings now four ten and three um so you know uh, i'd like to see a lot more jump in this one though um don't don't make it another win ugly game let's dictate the terms on wednesday night yeah i completely agree um i, I think as long as this team that shows they can win ugly if they come out with a be- little bit of a better pace on wednesday i think we can see a very similar results tonight um you know and, and hopefully johnny I think we've been kind of good this year when you and I have been picking sticks to click. I'm really hoping we can kind of continue that trend uh, going into Wednesday. 
Yeah, um, I need a little more time to marinate over mine. So if you have yours in mind right now, uh, go go ahead and drop it in here. Uh, I'm gonna look up and down the lineup for a second. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little off the way the rails on this one. Um, I kind of went that way that I magically called Bodine's first goal. Uh, I felt pretty pretty special about that. Getting getting to getting to he honorarily pick Slick Nick as my stick to click when he got his first career marker because first career goals are cool and tough here at Ontab Sports Night, but. Um, I'm going to go with another young defenseman. He had a really good play tonight that almost was a goal. And you're really starting to see him come out of his shell. I think his tonight was his most career minutes he's ever played as well. I'm going to go with number 51, not Brian Campbell, but Ian Mitchell. I really like Mitchell. I think he just looks more confident every single game that he plays, especially right now with Boakvist not playing. He's getting that time to play with Duncan Keith, which is only going to benefit him in the long run. Um, so I really like Ian Mitchell and I think if he plays anything like he did tonight, he might get on factor into the score sheet more than once on Wednesday night. I, I like that pick a lot. And you just see the minutes creeping up too. obviously he's now got his first NHL goal in mm-hmm. his back pocket. Uh, it's big for a rookie uh, confidence wise. So I, I like that pick. Um, I've gone uh, off the reservation a little bit with, with picks in the past. Um, so I, I like to do those, keep it interesting, keep it fresh, get guys in, but um, for national broadcast, uh, NBC sports network, um, go into the big guns, um, Patrick Kane, it's showtime. He had five mm-hmm. shots on golden night. I'm going to go with it. I think he, he factors it too. Uh, multiple goals on Wednesday. So um, fairly easy. You go with the Brinkett or Kane, uh, any game, uh, given game this season, but uh, I'll just pick it um, outright for this one. Uh, been, been a few games since I've went with Showtime. Uh, since it will be primetime, uh, it'll be Showtime Wednesday night. So um, that's about all I've got for this one. Um, make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at ontapsportsnet. You go enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So, Ron, you got a final thought? Uh, my final thought, Johnny, is my stick-to-click is going to set up your stick-to-click for multiple goals on Wednesday night, and I'm so here for it. Ooh, I like it. I, I like the speak into existence uh, aspect of the show. I, I really hope that's the case, Ron, because then uh, we can both feel good about our picks and we can hopefully feel good about a Blackhawks winner. So uh, let's just keep it rolling and, uh, you know, uh, come out with some more jump uh, on Wednesday night. That's my final thought. So, Ron, let's close it down. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.